Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. The NHL heads to Lake Tahoe. That's our lead story for this morning's Buzzcast. It's Friday, February 19th. Good morning. I'm Abe Madcore. Hope everybody is safe after a week that had just awful weather across the country. Again, thinking about a lot of people specifically in Texas, but do hope everybody is safe. Let's get to today's news. We have two NHL outdoor games at Lake Tahoe this weekend. The games will be played on an 18th fairway golf course. It's a beautiful location if you've seen some of these photos. It's at the Edgewood Tahoe Resort. Again, if you've seen any of the early images, very picturesque. I think the visuals from these games are going to be stunning. Wouldn't surprise me if it leads the NHL to play more outdoor games in stunning venues like Lake Tahoe. You've got the Avalanche and the Golden Knights and the Bridgestone NHL outdoor game Saturday at 3 o'clock. That's, of course, on NBC. The Bruins and the Flyers play Sunday in the Honda NHL outdoor game. That's at 2 p.m. on NBC. The starting time of that game was moved up by an hour to avoid the bright sunshine that's forecast for later in the afternoon. So, again, all the signs are that this could be unbelievably picturesque visuals from Lake Tahoe. So keep your eye on those games. While the NBA officially announced plans for an all-star game in Atlanta on March 7th, we've been talking a lot about this on the Morning Buzzcast. Commissioner Adam Silver defended the league's decision. He appeared on the jump with Rachel Nichols, and he said that holding the game is the right thing to do, despite all the criticism the league has faced for doing so amid the pandemic. Silver said it's a global event for the NBA, a very important event for the NBA. He also said, quote, ultimately, it feels like the right thing to do, end quote. But Silver also pointed to the efforts to generate more than $2.5 million for the historically black college and universities and also other COVID-19 relief efforts. So I think the league will continue to face criticism for hosting this game on March 7th. Currently, the narrative isn't in the NBA's favor. But like a lot of things, we have to see how this event plays out over the next two weeks and see how the event actually takes place and is executed before the final story is written. Let's move over to the NFL because the league and the union have agreed on a minimum salary cap for the 21 season of at least $180 million. That's higher than the projected floor of about $175 million. Now, however, this is not a final salary cap figure, but it's as close as the league can come right now. It provides some level of certainty to teams who are now trying to make their offseason personnel plans. Now, remember, last year's cap was $100 million. Pre-COVID, many teams thought the salary cap for the 21 season would be $220 million. So this isn't altogether all that great news. If you're a team and your cap number was about $200 million, you've got to cut some good players to get down to about $180 million. So there's still a lot of work to do because it shows that the NFL lost several billion dollars in revenue due to the pandemic. 
but owners are more confident that they feel that the worst of the pandemic is behind them, that they can now look forward with more certainty, increases in media rights revenue. We do anticipate the media deals being announced sometime in the next month. Also, they see new revenue from an expansion of the regular season, new sports gambling revenue. So again, they feel confident enough to raise the salary cap for this year to about $180 million because it was only going to be at $175 million. Now, still, still a far away a ways from the projected number pre-COVID of about $220 million in the salary cap, but the league obviously feeling pretty bullish about its future revenue. Let's switch to two stories in baseball that caught my eye. Today, the Miami Marlins and RB, the makers of Lysol, are announcing a partnership to enhance the team's existing disinfection and cleaning measures at Marlins Park. The Marlins become the first Major League Baseball team to partner with Lysol. Now, Lysol does have an MLB partnership. They announced that in October. The Marlins will work with Lysol on all in-venue disinfection measures. I wouldn't be surprised if other teams follow this path. The Marlins, the first baseball team to reach a deal with Lysol. Also, the Tampa Bay Rays, they're always a little bit out front. They can be. They can be more aggressive in, in ticket options. They can be more innovative and experiment on a number of things. Well, they announced yesterday a season membership plan rather than traditional season tickets this season at Tropicana Field. So So what are they offering? Well, they're offering fans a flex package of tickets. So a fan can spend a certain amount of money to access different seats throughout Tropicana Field. They can use the funds however they want. For example, if you have a $2,000 deposit plan, it can be used for $120 tickets or $20, $100 tickets over the course of a season. So that's a pretty interesting model. It takes away the fixed seat location. However, if I was a fan and I wanted the same number of tickets for all the games, you possibly could get the same or similar seats at every game. But overall, it allows a great deal of flexibility for fans. They basically have a pool of revenue and they can spend those dollars however they want throughout the season. So keep an eye on how the Rays execute and implement this plan. Let's shift to tennis. It's finals weekend for the Australian Open. Tennis Australia CEO Craig Tilly, a very well-respected individual in tennis, basically acknowledged the tournament is bracing for losses of $110 million for this year's event. He said the event had already used its $60 million that it had in reserve and would take out a loan of roughly 40 to $45 million to make up the rest of the shortfall. So even though the Australian Open did have limited amount of fans on the grounds, on site, Craig Tilly says they are bracing for about $110 million loss for the event. That is sizable. Let's shift over to college sports. I don't think we've talked much on the Buzzcast, but it's certainly been in the media. But we had a big story in Sports Business Journal about the frustrations among many Ivy League athletes about continuing to play their spring season. Well, yesterday marked another disappointing day for those Ivy League athletes because the Ivy League will not sponsor championships or any league-wide competition in any spring sport. 
And that makes the Ivy League the only Division I league to remain in shutdown for the rest of the school year. The Ivy League, of course, cited the issues with the pandemic for preventing them to go forward with any type of athletic activity. Remember, Robin Harris and the Ivy League were one of the first leagues to shut down play in March of 2020. Now they are being roundly criticized for not returning to play in any type of capacity. A lot of Ivy League athletes have transferred or simply decided to sit out the spring semester so that they will be eligible to return to play next year. Also, there have been a number of stories, including the one in SBJ, where a number of Ivy League alumni who are very high-profile sports business executives have been frustrated by the Ivy League's inability to return to play. So that is a story I'm going to continue to keep my eye on. Let's shift over to the Pac-12 because one reporter I always try to read, John Wilner at the San Jose Mercury News, he always has his pulse on the Pac-12. He put forward a list of six potential candidates for the commissioner role at the Pac-12 to replace outgoing commissioner Larry Scott. Some of these names we have mentioned on the Buzzcast, but he floated Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby. That surprised me a little bit, but Bowlesby, of course, came from Stanford. Alabama Athletic Director Greg Byrne, we've mentioned him. Former Fox and Hulu Executive Randy Freer. West Coast Conference Commissioner Gloria Navarez. Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith. And college football playoff COO Andrea Williams. That's a new name I have not heard. So those are six potential candidates that Wilner sees as possible replacements for Larry Scott. Sticking with college sports, tickets will not be sold to the public for the ACC basketball tournament at Greensboro Coliseum. Meanwhile, the Big 12 is hoping to have as many as 4,000 fans at T-Mobile Center in Kansas City for its tournament. We'll keep an eye on other conference tournaments and their ability to let fans in the venue. And finally, Toronto FC President Bill Manning confirmed that the club will open the 21 MLS regular season in Florida though an exact location still has not been determined. Remember, because of the travel restrictions into Canada, Canadian teams, of course, forced to set up headquarters in the United States. Toronto FC saying it will stay in Florida. We talked yesterday about the Toronto Blue Jays. They will start their season, of course, in Dunedin, Florida as well. And finally, we mentioned yesterday on the Buzzcast, SBJ will roll out an entirely new web experience on Monday. I want to make sure all of our subscribers are prepared for the launch please 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 note your username and user information for our site have that handy you will need that to log into the new website on monday and of course on monday if you have any questions or issues you can always reach out directly to me or to help at sportsbusinessjournal.com so that is your morning buzzcast for friday february 19th i'm abe madcore hope everybody has a great weekend stay safe stay healthy Please be good to each other, and I will talk to you on Monday. Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.